The Bible Study Podcast, episode 298. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues with the study of Colossians. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. We continue with Colossians 2. We finished last time Colossians 2, verses 1 through 5, and so we'll start in verse 6. But since verse 6 starts with, so then, we have to back up just a little bit because that's one of those clues that everything we're about to say is based on everything we've heard before. And so remember, what we heard before was things about the supremacy of Christ and also about Paul's calling to the faith. And so he starts with chapter 6 with this, so then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, overflowing with thankfulness. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. Let's take just that so far. So he says, you received Christ, you believed in him, and that's a great start. And so what you need to do from now on is to continue to live your lives in him. And when we talk about in him, in him is one of those interesting phrases that Paul uses because he talks about living our lives in Jesus, not with Jesus, not because of Jesus. And I'd like you to picture that you are surrounded by the presence of God that you are literally living as if when you were dunked in the waters of baptism, as if you were living in that kind of dunked in the love of God and surrounded everywhere by a constant, present love of God. And I think that that makes the phrase in him make more sense. To be aware of at all times, being in the presence of God, being with God is a different thing for instance, then going to church on Sunday. So he says, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him. So having been established in your faith, now grow some roots. And I don't know if you've studied a lot of plants, but I think of, for instance, in my area, we have the redwood tree. And the redwood tree tends to grow in a grove, and it has a surprisingly shallow root system. And because of that, occasionally one will just fall over, and you'll see this very shallow roots. And he's saying, when you're rooted, think more of like an apple tree, that the roots, half of the tree is below the ground, that there is a element of your faith that isn't necessarily public, that isn't necessarily showy, but it just has to do with where your foundation is, that all of where you draw your nourishment from, all of where your centering it comes from, is from God and the presence of God. I think that's what rooted is. That's the the picture I'd like to draw for you. No matter what goes on that you see, there is more to my faith than that. And so it is more grounded than that. It is more stable than that. I also think of In Yosemite, for instance, for those of you who've been there, these trees that grow in the rock and literally break the rock apart with their roots, that there is a strength in being rooted. So rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. Thankfulness is, I think, an underrated, important part of the Christian faith. When we are surrounded 
by the love of God, when we are constantly, when we are aware on an ongoing basis of being loved by God, of being in the presence of God, when our, the roots of our faith go deeper than just belief, is what sustains me, then how can we not give thanks to God for all that we have in good times and in bad? And I think thankfulness is a mark of maturity when we can not just in the good times be joyful, but even in the tough times be thankful. I think that tells something about our rootedness. It tells something about a life that is led in him. And it saddens me when I see people in the church who act as if life has given them nothing but lemons and it has made them sour. It saddens me because I don't think that is the life that God calls us to. I think he calls us to a life that is aware that we are loved by God and thankful of all that he gives us, the great and the small things alike. He continues, see too that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophies. So as we talk about Christianity, as Paul talks about Christianity, he is able to describe in a relatively short amount of time his understanding. Think of the book of Romans, for instance. Read the first eight chapters of Romans, and you'll see his understanding of sin and the cost of sin and redemption and salvation in relatively few words. It isn't that complicated, and around this, sometimes people overcomplicate it, or they throw in other things, and he's saying, be careful that you don't buy into someone's philosophy that is based on human tradition and elemental spiritual forces. And when I think of based on human tradition, I think of how many times the Christian faith is, I want to say tainted, and I choose that word very carefully, by all that went on before where we want to take Jesus and bring some old beliefs along. And I think he was seeing some of that go on with the people of his time who had been pagans, who were brought into this knowledge of the one true God. And he wants them to give up a lot of traditions. He wants to give up a lot of superstition. He wants them to give up a lot of the way they used to think. For us, I think that would be that, but it also might be some of the way our society thinks. And at times, be willing to think differently about what is valuable, especially, to think about what is important in different ways. Elemental spiritual forces, I think of, for me, that speaks of things New Agey and Pagan and those sort of things that want to worship nature rather than enjoy nature in a thankful way for its creator. And he continues, for in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form, and in Christ... You have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. In him, you are also circumcised with the circumcision not performed by human hands. Your whole self ruled by the flesh was put off when you were circumcised by Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through your faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. Long sentences. Again, Paul wouldn't get full credit necessarily from his English teacher because of his long run on sentences, but there's a lot that he's packed in there. Notice again the repetition of in Christ, in Christ, in him. And again, think of that surrounded by the presence and love of God. So he says again that in Christ, 
all the fullness of the deity dwells. Everything you need to know about God, and this is repeating what he said in the first chapter, you can find in Christ. There is no, I need Christ, and then I also need this teacher. I need Christ, and I also need this book. I need Christ, and then I also need this guru. I need Christ, and then I also need this meditation technique. Everything you need to know about God is accessible in Christ. And he also says, you in Christ have become full. You've gained fullness. And that doesn't just mean that we're stuffed, that we've eaten too much. I think he's talking about here that we have reached who we are supposed to be, that God has a template for us of what he intends, and that we can reach that in and only in Christ. That coming to connection with the creator is the only way for us to become the creation we are meant to be. And also, I think that fullness comes back to that thankfulness, too. Thankfulness that we are full, that we are intended to live lives that are full, full of God, full of life, full of hope, full of joy, full of thankfulness. And that in Christ, you have been brought to fullness. He's the head over every power and authority. Again, he's going back to the supremacy of Christ. But then he goes on to say, you were circumcised with him. And he talks about this circumcision. And he's talking largely to a people who are pagan. But remember, let's go back to what the circumcision was. Circumcision was an act performed on the young male children, young male babies, the removing of a small piece of flesh, but a symbol of you are God's. Right, These are God's people. They are marked that way. But he's talking about here that flesh is something that, as Paul talks about things, he talks about the flesh versus the spirit. That the things of the flesh are the things that are my lusts, my desires, and all of those things that can get in the way of my relationship with God. And then he talks about a circumcision not performed by human hands, not a rabbi anymore, not a ceremony, but that our flesh that ruled us was taken away when we were buried with him in baptism. Basically, our, as we died with him in baptism, that flesh that ruled us died. And that we should live then as those who have been risen from the dead as he rose from the dead. in which you were also raised with him through your faith. Notice he's not saying in him in which you will be raised from the dead when you're done. He's talking about a new life now not driven by the flesh, not just talking about something that's going to happen later on. He says, when you were dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them on the cross. He took all that was our flesh that got in the way of the Spirit, and he nailed it to the cross with Christ. All that made us indebted, all that made us guilty, and nailed to the cross with Christ. And we say with Christ, not just alongside Christ, but Christ as the actor. Christ as the one who was doing this. I think we need to remember that it wasn't nails but love that held Christ to the cross. That with Christ, he did this. And Through that, he triumphed over powers and authorities. Remember, he said in that first chapter that he is over all rulers and powers and authorities, that Christ is over all, 
in the world. And now he's saying that Christ is overall with us and that through Christ, in Christ, with Christ, we have been made new today. We have been made new now. He's not talking about a resurrection. Yes, he'll talk about that later. Yes, that's promised. But intended for us is a life of fullness now, full of love, full of hope, full of joy, full of thankfulness. With that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, feel free to send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com or leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at Chris2x. If you want an easy way to listen to the Bible Study Podcast, there is also a recently updated iPhone app for the Bible Study Podcast that you can find in iTunes or on your iPhone or iPad. And as always, thanks so much for listening. I'm Don Hawkins, inviting you to be encouraged with my weekly podcast, Encouragement for You. To subscribe, go to lifeaudio.com.